Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us today here on The Run Home. It is Thursday the 26th of January and why this is significant is because we are T-minus one week before Beeve takes the plane and potentially takes the field again in <laughs> South Africa. How is the training going today, Beeve? Were you back on the weights today and is the foot bearing any weight? Uh, foot's not bearing any weight, Kirst. Thanks for the intro. I wondered why today was so significant. Uh, no, slipped onto the assault bike early this morning just to try and get a bit of sweat up and still continually trying to play catch up on the gravy that uh, needs to be sweated out from the, uh, I guess, the festive season. Uh, that was just for life in general, but uh, <laughs> now obviously this uh, Cape Town 10s is, is coming around at pace. What do you do on the assault bike? Uh, <laughs> my great mate Timmy Mickelson uh, yes. had me on what the Sevens boys do there for a bit. What's that? That must be a uh, harsh program on the lungs. It was a, um, it was a based on um, wattage, and uh, and cows. So I hit twenty cows, have a rest. Hit forty cows, have a rest, and like a pyramid run on that. And then I got, I started doing that, and I thought to myself, what are you putting yourself through hell for? You don't need it to be quite this bad. And then just uh, one of the one of the options on the uh, computer on the assault bikes, just uh, twenty on, ten off. And so I just do a few rounds of that, and that's enough for me. At this tender age, curse. I'm not here to break any records, but uh, but you it's are still here enough. to get back on the the rugby pitch next week. <laughs> so time is ticking, beef. I don't want to remind you that you'll be on a plane this time next week. It is ticking. I need to get these stitches out and, and do a bit of running. You, you just can't beat running. But uh, look, at least we're not at altitude in Cape Town. That would mm. have been a that would have been a, another issue to deal with. Mm. Well, we look forward to getting more updates every day. And just in case you missed the news yesterday, yes, this is not some sort of joke. It's not it It's not April Fool's or Halloween. Beaver is going back for more. He loved the Dubai 7 so much and the competitiveness uh, being back in that team environment that he thought, you know what, I have another crack. The 10s is coming up. Always wanted to play in that famous Cape Town 10s. So here we are. We're back training. Broken foot stitches and moon boot and all. <laughs> Look, I didn't seek it out. It came knocking, and yes, I didn't, couldn't say no. I couldn't say no, you're right, Kirst. Uh, well, there's uh, some other news this morning that was actually um, created by the breakfast team. Israel Dag and Kempe ha- have come off the long run, but it is a topic very close to your heartbeat. So you'll be interested in this one. Now, if you didn't catch Izzy's bomb squad this morning, have a little listen to this. Izzy's bomb squad. Well, after speaking to Richie Moanga, got me thinking a country that has been so blessed with tens i feel is about to be hit with a big old shock i think many like myself can't underestimate what this richie moonga signing in japan has done in terms of depth in the country you just have to look at the latest signing of freddie burns at the landers and around the country that we might just be about to experience a slim picking in terms of tens and playmakers the departure of moonga D-Mac McKenzie, an ageing Bowden Barrett, who probably will look to cash in overseas, we see our stocks very, very slim. Can we see, this is the question, can we see a Stephen Perofeta 
or a young, inexperienced Cam Miller taking the helm in one year's time? Or is there someone hiding in little old New Zealand that hasn't been uncovered yet? It suddenly only hit me the realisation that these next few years ahead of us might be a rocky old ride for our beloved All Blacks. Am I right? Or am I getting a little uneasy over nothing? Time will tell. Uh, he's got a point there, doesn't he, Beeve? Uh, with the expected departure, obviously we know Richie Moong is going for the next few years in Japan to look after his family, um, but the expected departure of someone like a Bowden Barrett. And, and these Super Rugby franchises, other than their frontline all-black first five that they've got, like the Crusaders would rather have David Harvelli playing at 10 um, behind Richie Moonga's backup. Same with Geordie Barrett slotted into 10 before at the Hurricanes as well, rather than trusting the other members of the squad. That's where we're at in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, it is a, it is a fascinating uh, fascinating topic, as he's brought up there. I mean, I reckon we might be able to, I think we might be able to paper over the cracks maybe for a year or two more. Uh, even once Richie leaves, maybe Bodie stays for another for another stint. He's he certainly indicated that he's not beyond looking at another World Cup, and you've also got Mackenzie there. But he's right. Who's going to emerge? I mean, there's a lot of youngsters. Like the Hurricanes have two that for Hurricanes rugby and New Zealand rugby, it'd be nice if one of them really emerges. For the Hurricanes, they want one to emerge this year, in Aidan Morgan or Ruben Love. Um, there's obviously Ruben Love. Dice is between 15 as well. Um, but you're right. The fact that we've... I guess it's been really highlighted, the fact that we've had to go and get someone from England to fill in a super rugby spot. That's that's the thing for me that, A, I don't think we should be doing it, regardless of what our talent looks like. I just don't think we should be doing it, unless Johnny Wilkinson wants to come down and teach us. Um, but I don't think we should have gone down that route. But look, as we've mentioned before, these coaches, their livelihood is the right now. And so, therefore, they don't care about development. They need something right now, and that's why they've looked around and they thought, well, we have to get this guy from England, Freddie Burns, to paper over the big cracks that we've got in it inside our own franchise. But the question is, where the bloody hell are they? Where are all these playmakers? Where are all these first fives? Because if you look back in the not-too-distant past when you were playing, the Crusaders had about four first fives that were all blacks when you had Tom Taylor, Colin Slade, DC. You and Aaron Cruden at the Chiefs, there were first fives up the wazoo. What, there were 10 international quality first fives across New Zealand? Where are they now? Why are we not producing them? And and why is this not just a New Zealand issue? Australia's in the same boat, and you could say the same about some of those uh, UK and European teams. Yeah, well, I think you looked at Australia. Like, you look where Australia rugby's at right now, I reckon you can pinpoint the fact that about, I don't know, still when I was certainly playing 10 years ago, there was just um, a dearth of Aussie first fives, and they had they had an English, uh, South African playing for the Force and Peter Grant. They had a Kiwi playing for the Brumbies, and all of a sudden you got two or three first fives in your entire country. And then they age, and then funny enough, we've had to go back to them because they've they've got no one. So I don't think you can underestimate just how important a position it is, but also you got to develop them. And the the thing that I wonder about where rugby's gone, particularly in this part of the world, particularly with the importance of some people placing on schoolboy rugby where it's at all costs, we've got to win, we've got to win. You you don't get the grounding, you don't get the, the teaching, you don't get the, you know what, results aren't everything here, we need to be able to teach this kid to do this, do that, if he 
trying to be a trying to be a first five, and that's just that basic sort of school and club level where everything's right structure. We've got fifteen guys who know where they're going to be. Then we've just got this guy ten who you by over coaching and having all the structure, you're actually taking the ten's job away from him. So he doesn't know how to direct a game. He doesn't know how to take options. He knows he's just got to follow around a structure, calling forwards going this way, that way, that way. What so do you I, think? Are we overreacting or has Beeve, has Israel Dag got a point here? Are you a little bit worried about the next generation of playmakers in New Zealand? 0800 150 is the number to call uh, on the Makita New Zealand phone line. And every caller this week during the run home goes in the draw to win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher. That is every week on the run home as well. Double eight double three is the number to text in. Dean is on the line. Dean from Dunedin, what do you think? Well, honestly, honestly, I reckon, don't worry about it. Stephen Perifeta will be absolutely fine. Stop playing first five as a bloody fullback and just pick a first five to play. We'll be good at We've always been good at I mean, it's the media jumping like this, and I don't blame you because it makes someone like me ring up, but at the end of the day... <laughs> we we appreciate the call, Dan. Absolutely, absolutely bloody nothing. I told Roger Clark at the start of the year, get Carlos's boy. Yeah. That kid's yeah. going to be a freak. And I, they asked me if I'd buy two more season tickets. I said, I will, if you buy Carlos's boy. Nice. And the day I sent that email to them, he's on the news, he's at the Blues, he's playing for the seven. So like, we overreact. We are fine. Absolutely fine. What we need to do is sack Foster, get Razor in. Seven years, that's enough of an apprenticeship. And stop mucking around. Pick combinations. Get them happy. Don't worry about Bowden. I, I reckon we'll have two reserves at the World Cup. Weber and Bowden in the backs. They'll start with Smith and McKenzie. Geordie, I'd love to see him at 13, but he can stay there with Fainuku, Reese on one wing, Rico on the other, Jordan at fullback if we, if we find him, don't know what's happened to him. And they can just mix and match and put another impact forward on there. So we'll be sweet, but I don't know that the guy directing the ship, yeah, yeah, I think he's got the Titanic, to be honest. But it's just my opinion. How long Your backline's got some points, points in it. Jeepers, that's exciting backline you've just named. It wins, mate. It wins, people. It wins. Dalton will be in the team. Sam can captain from the bench, and we'll be sweet. Dean, we appreciate your call. Those Highlanders and Roger Clark, they're very lucky to have you, and I hope they know that. Thank you so much for your time. 0800 150 811 is the number if you'd like to get on the blower. Just like Dean, we want to have a yarn with you. We want to talk about this. Maybe you're not worried at all, just like Dean. I'm curious. He mentioned Peyton Spencer, who we know is going to be a super talent, uh, straight out of Hamilton Boys High School and straight into the Sevens program. How long, Beeve, before he will be an All Black? How many years? Oh, it's a two, three. It's a it's a horribly big question to put on someone. Uh, again, though, the interesting thing for me because I, to be fair, haven't watched a lot of uh, young Spencer, but oh, you haven't watched I, all the Hamilton Boys High School matches on, on Land Rover First Fifteen. I haven't watched all of them. I I did watch a couple. Thought you're a scout um, for Waikato. Well, apparently he signed for Auckland. I mean, uh, he was in our backyard and we couldn't sign him. But um, <laughs> we'll move on from that one. Uh, but the, for me. For someone like him, superstar at school, you've got to go and learn your trade at ten. That's the only thing. That's the only thing about his development. I wonder. I know he's in the sevens. I wonder if he'll get just as much from a fifteens point of view if he goes and plays a good season of club footy, where it's not the be all and end all um, results wise, and he can and he can try things out. But I dare say, considering who his father is, Flair is probably not going to be an issue. <laughs> um, so uh, he should be right. But uh, yeah, it is interesting. I I, I must admit. 
I have had this in the back of my mind for a while, uh, what will post this World Cup look like, particularly if either one of McKenzie or Barrett also leave. Um, I think it's an absolute no-brainer for the Chiefs, and I'm not sure they will, but McKenzie has to be the 10, not for, just for them, but for, for the good of New Zealand rugby. And I know they won't be thinking like that. They need to think about the good for them. But I think You mean this season, McKenzie will be yeah, the 10? this 10 has to be. But they're probably one of the... Say no more. They're one, they're one of the teams with a bit of depth, though, to be fair. They do. Them. They've got Joshuani. They've got Bryn Gatlin as well, don't they? Uh, well, what do you think? The show is all about you. We want to hear from you. Are you worried about our first five stocks post-Rugby World Cup in France this year? Or do you think, no, it's absolutely fine. We have enough talent right here in New Zealand playing Super Rugby in the NPC and coming through that we're going to be A-OK. Double eight double three is the number to text. So we're 0800 You're listening to The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to McDelivery. And coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, pay Racing for Purpose is back today. We'll give you an update and let you know who to follow. This weekend, we've got Ish Sodi from the Black Caps coming on live from India, plus the not-so-hot topic of the day. After 5 o'clock, we play Drive to Survive for a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. We've got Brennan Popperwell on from the TAB, where he'll be able to tell you where you can spend that money. And we chat a bit of Silver Ferns and Netball as well, the quad series that has just wrapped up with Yvonne Willering. After 6 o'clock, we are so lucky to have the Black Sticks woman women's keeper Brooke Roberts in studio with us before the two match series uh, this weekend coming up in Tauranga. We whip around the grounds and we've got the instant replay. That is the Macca's menu thanks to McDelivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Oh it got Israel Dag thinking where are all or where are the next level of first fives coming from after the Rugby World Cup if there is an exodus of Damien McKenzie, Bowden Barrett, Richie Moonga and this is just us speculating at the moment. Nothing has been confirmed other than Richie Moonga saying he'll be overseas for the next few years to look after his family in Japan and then he'll come back for the next World Cup uh, but we had a call from Dean who said don't worry about it we're all good there'll be plenty of youngsters coming through Beef. yeah and that is often the, the way to look at things certainly in New Zealand rugby there's always is someone coming through it just I guess it just bites you if two or yeah I couldn't see three going of those three mentioned um, and yeah, obviously we've got Peter Fett underneath, who's going to be another year older, having had that a little bit of an all-black experience. We've got the two Hurricanes. So I know obviously the fact that there are a couple of outstanding tens in Moanga and Barrett near in the end, I guess there is a bit of panic, but both have indicated that they want to get through to the Aussie World Cup. Mm. So uh, it, it may only be a short-term thing. And, you know, these guys that are floating around, they'll get another year older. I think the thing that caused so many alarm bells this week and talking about this is the fact that... They've signed an English player at first we, five. signed an English player, you know, and, and is we're now all of a sudden thinking, is that where our game's at, that we couldn't find 15 tens in this country to fill a spot? And essentially, you know, the, the third one in each franchise, barring injuries, holding a tackle bag for six months. So we decided that there wasn't somebody more beneficial, more deserving to give that spot to. And, and as I've mentioned a few times... Um, Clark Dermody in his first year at the Highlanders, he's probably not overly obsessed about developing the next 10 for the All Blacks. He's he's living in now. Um, it's, his, it's his career. It's his, it's his livelihood. So He wants to win. I, he wants to win, and I can see why when an opportunity sort of popped up to, to nab somebody who's had international experience for England that may be looking around his area, didn't think 
it was much better to choose from. Now, if you're sitting there seething and thinking you're totally wrong or maybe you agree and you think we're totally right, uh, let us know. Have your say, have your opinion on our program. Double eight double three is the number to text on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Now, we've got a message in. Brett Cameron will rise, one to watch, similar game to Aaron Cruden. Brett Cameron's back at the Highlanders, which means they've Hurricanes. got Hurricanes. Sorry, they've yes. got the Reuben Loves. They've got Brett Cameron, uh, and they've got Aidan Morgan. Aidan Morgan, yeah, three no, yeah. relatively youngsters, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Brett Cameron's probably got a few more years on the others, but he's he, been overseas playing. Yeah, he obviously came through, and and so much touted of him in the Canterbury days, and then got himself an All Black cap actually, um, which which some people will. Will struggle to remember, um, and then sort of fell away and ended up going up to Japan. I think playing second division in Japan for the last couple of years. It's not often that people leave New Zealand, go overseas, and then come back again. Has he been shoulder tapped, or is he seeing an opportunity that maybe after the World Cup there will be opportunities for other first fives in New Zealand? Is that why he's come back? Because you don't normally see it, do you? Who else has done that? Unless yeah, you're but- unless you're thirty five, thirty six, and you're coming back for one last dance. Yeah, and he's he's very young. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he probably went away, and I don't know Brett at all, but he probably went away with unfinished business. Obviously, as I said, he got that brief all-black cap on the end of year tour. So now he's probably thinking, well, he's still coming into a, you're coming into your prime. 27, 28 is where things start to, I guess, your athletic ability and is still still top-notch, and it marries up with what your brain and, and, and starting to know about the games because it's such a technical position. So... It's great that he's back. Um, I'd say the Hurricanes probably have high hopes for him. Um, there was there was whisper Who's about. Who's starting it, first five? Yeah, well, throw them up in the air and see who lands, isn't it? Um, I'll give them all a crack. You give them all a crack, and probably end up being Geordie. He is Mister Fix It at the Canes, um, but I mean, well, all jokes aside, if the Hurricanes can land on one of them, yeah, if one of them can play anywhere near good footy this year, the Hurricanes could be a threat because they've got. A lot of the other pieces, but mm. in the last few years, they've been let down by decision-making in that last 15 minutes, and it comes back to your 10. So let's hope for the Hurricanes' sake. Aparahama. I love your message. We won a World Cup with hard-carrying, Ford-less, ill-fitting jerseys. Beaver will be okay. Welcome back. Great to have you back, Aparahama. I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but uh, I'll take it. It is a compliment, Beaver. <laughs> that is coming through as a compliment. Uh, Brad said, we're in big trouble post-World Cup with 10s. I play 10, so I would watch heaps of footy just to watch 10s to see how they go about things. And I just don't think the talent pool is there like previous eras, like the Dan Carter era. I'm concerned. But yes, there are good young 10s around the traps, but they're nowhere near the quality needed yet. Ioane, Love, Morgan, Cameron, Hunt, Burke, list goes on of 10s that are good, but just not ready or capable of the next level. I think Brad's got a point there. Yeah, the thing about when you say not capable of the next level, you don't know until you're there. Mm. But the I not guess, ready, the, not ready well, yet. Yes, I think yes. that's what he's saying. But the argument too is then why are we bringing in somebody from overseas to block that path anyway for for one of these young guys? I mean, I do I do take a little bit of I don't know. There's a few of these guys in this country who could have done with Gunnar Highlanders. Could have done with going to the Hurricanes because there's, there's going to be guys sitting on benches this year who are good enough to start. And you wonder, you know, for your own career, why don't, why don't you take a, take a punt and get down to the deep south? You know, but that's, that's in many positions, isn't it, Curse? We, we've talked about that. 
as far as the Highlanders in particular, have really been shorn of a lot of the talent that is elsewhere, where it's two or three deep in some positions. I want to um, read a couple of other messages. Uh, this one's from Kevin. Interesting. You may not watch a lot of schoolboy rugby beef, but Kevin does. Thank you for your message, Kevin. New Zealand schools final 2022. He's going to take us back. Spencer had all the hype. The opposition first 5'8", Max Hoare from John McGlashan, in my opinion, showed more potential. He also has the heritage. Father, Charlie Hoare, Andrew's brother, mother, Belinda Colling. So he has as much heritage as Spencer. That is from Kevin. So maybe... Maybe we do have these players. They're sitting there. They're waiting, aren't they? Waiting for an opportunity, waiting for a chance. And I dare say with, uh, with a family like that, uh, young Max would have certainly got uh, some decent grounding uh, from, uh, from, from Charlie and, uh, and his uh, uncle, <laughs> uncle Andrew. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realise that there was a young, young whore coming through the system. That's brilliant. And a calling. Belinda Colling was one Belinda of the greats Colling, too. Of she was Absolutely. also one of the ba- greats. Uh, hi guys, we'll be okay. Head down to Christchurch, boys, and grab another <laughs> one off the conveyor belt. Uh, and this is from a mobile, but if we could ever put a area code on mobiles, I'd guarantee this is uh, from the Canterbury region. What is it? 06 down there. <laughs> yeah. 09. 09, I believe. Mm. Uh, right, we've got news and sport to get to, and then we're heading to India to catch up with one of our cricketers, each Sodi. Well, we can't forget about our Black Caps. They've been in action in India, the T20 series. Uh, the first of three starts on Saturday. And joining us to talk about it is proud New Zealander, cricketer and aspiring rapper, Ish Sodi. Ish, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, aspiring rapper part of your Instagram handle? Oh, you know, that was just a big dream of mine ever since I grew up. Um, did a lot of freestyle rap battling in garages all through South Auckland, so always wanted to be a rapper. Who are your favourite rappers, before we get into the cricket? Oh, I think growing up, I, I still, you know, really like the old school, like Tupac, Biggie and stuff. I think these days I really like Kendrick Lamar. Well, you can't beat Kendrick, can you? You missed his concert in New Zealand while yeah. you're away, haven't you? Yeah, no, no, I've missed a few, but um, uh, hopefully there's a couple of, couple of good ones when we get home. He's so, so good. Well, uh, hopefully one day uh, your aspiring rap career may not be aspiring no longer, and we'll look out for that. How's the ankle? How's the injury? Yeah, it's been going really well, thank you. Like, um, it was sort of after that chest series, it was definitely, um, you know, giving me a bit of irritation and stuff, but I've been working pretty closely with the physio um, since then, and uh, definitely the last two ODIs, I think I would have been good to go, but um, sort of the balance of the team suggested that two spinners was probably the best matchup. Ish, you obviously mentioned uh, after the test, the ankle played up. Must have been good, mate, to get a bit of time out in the test matches. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it was always going to happen. I sort of, I made peace with the fact that I hadn't played a lot of red ball cricket, and, and you know, my body was going to potentially go through a bit of a bit of pain out there, and um, you know just in terms of bowling so many overs compared to just the four overs in the T20. So I was kind of at peace with that, but, um, uh, you know, it's probably lingered it on for a little bit longer than I'd hoped, um, but definitely something that I'm managing quite well now. What are these tours like, Aisha? And, and let us know, where are you at the moment? And what's it like? So we're currently in Ranchi. Um, it's obviously going to be the first, um, first sort of stop-off for our T20 series. But these tours are really... They're really, um, you know, pretty exciting. I mean, the, the passion for cricket's massive. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's really excited for us to be here. Uh, Pakistan was amazing because we hadn't sort of, you know, toured there in 
23, 24 years. So you can certainly see that everyone was really excited to have us there. And, um, you know, great New Zealand teams have come across in the past and, um, and for us to go over there and not only just be there and play the cricket, but to play really well and, and win a series over yeah. there, I think was something that's really special. And, um, coming over there, as you can probably see over that last ODI series, you can going to be very challenging. So yeah. um, you definitely save the wins that you have here. Hey, obviously, you mentioned how challenging the ODI series was. World Cup just around the corner. Is, was it a big case of uh, learning a whole lot and then we'll be better for it? Or what did you make of the ODI series? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I think it's just such a unique place to play cricket and, and just so vastly different to, to what we experienced back home domestically and internationally as well. And so I think, to, especially for a few of the guys that hadn't played in this part of the world, um, you know, hell of a lot. I think it was great for, for them to have the experience to be out there and, and playing, you know, international cricket where it probably doesn't get a lot harder in ODI cricket, um, especially that last ODI playing indoor, um, you know, massive crowds, huge excitement, um, a batting team that was relentless in the first innings and, um, you know, a lot of the guys probably witnessed that firsthand for the first time and so, you know, it really does show you what sort of cricket played over here and, and you know, what you need to sort of do to aspire to be successful in, in the ODI World Cup later on in the year. You talked about how they're playing the cricket over there, mate. Obviously, they uh, they didn't shy away with the bat. There were some uh, monster scores. Is, is it a case of looking at that and going, right, how do we go about producing those ourselves? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just in general, uh, the scoring rates have certainly gone up a lot in ODI cricket, even in test cricket recently. So, um, you know, it's something that you, you tend to get asked quite a lot. Um, you know, is that something that, you know, as a team, it's something we want to, you know, I guess, emulate as well. But, but I think we still got to look at it, you know, with our personnel, you know, what, what sort of cricket we can play with the people that we've got on the side. And, you know, over time, we've been a really successful OUI side. So, um, you know, it's probably about marrying up what's worked for us for an ex, you know, extended period of time, but then also what's going to help us improve in these conditions, um, you know, whether it's with the ball or all the bat. So, um, it's just taking all that into consideration and, and building a plan up that hopefully is ready by the time we, we come to World Cup World Cup time. Aisha, if we look ahead to the T20 series starting in a couple of days, what is that about for New Zealand and what can we expect to see? Yeah, T20 cricket's all about expressing yourself, I think. Um, you know, a lot of the guys, again, will have, have an opportunity um, to play this format over here um, for the first time or you know, haven't done it a hell of a lot, so it's really exciting. Big crowds, um, you know, uh, these a lot of these cricketers uh, that we're playing have, have dominated the IPL for, for a long period of time, so we've seen them do that, um, you know, obviously being one of the biggest cricket leagues in the world, so it's a huge challenge, uh, one that we're really excited for, and, you know, it's a bit of a clean slate now after, you know, not being able to get across the line in one of the ODIs. Um, I think everyone's really motivated for the last week of this tour to, to sort of get out there and and try to come back home with some silverware, and, and I'm sure we'll do that if we if we stick to our plans and our basics as well as we can. Now, mate, before we let you go, it'd be rude of me not to ask. Last time we were talking about talking to you, you <laughs> mentioned that you had a had a few balls up your sleeve that you were trying, and I think it may have been a flipper that you've been working on uh, playing Test cricket. Obviously, I didn't watch every single ball, but was there an opportunity to throw out a couple of the variations at some point? I did get a couple of cheeky flippers out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, I, I bought a couple of real real nasty ones, and I bought a few really good ones. But, um, yeah, the flipper, like, growing up, you know, Shane Moore was always, like, a master of the flipper. He always wanted to, to be able to bowl it. And, you know, 
real cool thing during the test matches. I did get a look at with it. Um, oh, so brilliant. I can definitely take a bit of confidence with that, but it's, it's certainly such a tough ball to bowl. You know, it can sometimes slip out and go to the keeper's head or, you know, bowl a real <laughs> nice one. You look like a keeper. <laughs> Thank we got one. It's, it's easy on the PlayStation games to bowl them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not recommending, mate. Choose a different profession. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, oh, thank you mate. so much for your time uh, You're amazing as always And all the very best with the next three uh, T20s Cheers guys, thank you very much Thank you so thanks, much Sodi joining us there uh, from India That is our Macca's feature interview All thanks to Mick Delivery as well Correct me if I'm wrong Beef, But I reckon yes. he's one of New Zealand's Most likeable and favourite cricketers at the moment Especially after his heroics last year it, it, Look, He's got a halberd coming doesn't he he would be very tough to beat. Uh, no, you're you're getting confused. I think you're thinking uh, AJ's got 10, didn't he? Oh, yes, it was. But he's still one of the favourites. Oh, no, but the great thing about this tour is, um, and I don't know if it's because um, he must be real good mates with Tim Salvey all of a sudden mm-hmm. or what, but uh, he is now in the test mix. And for so long, he, 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 as he mentioned, um, he said he hadn't played a whole lot of Red Bull cricket. That's why I was fascinated to know um, about the fact that he gets in there. Um does that mean now his, his test career is ignited? Because he bowled well, too, in those test series against Pakistan, obviously. And he's pulled yet, out a flipper. And he's, he's more than one, on more than we, one occasion. I mean, we dream of pulling... Well, I don't know if you've ever dreamed about it, but I've dreamed about doing it in the backyard, a beautiful Now you've flipper. seen it on the international stage yes. from one of our very own. Yeah, oh, well, probably one of our best guests on the run home. Oh, he is. He is. He's always great. Uh, we really appreciate him giving up his time. So sounds like... The most amazing place to play, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, like uh, that's where you, you want to go. Oh, when you look at it on TV, it looks unbelievable. It's roaring. <laughs> did he say indoor? Was the last one indoors? Did he say? I'm sure he's. Uh, have an indoor stadium. Nah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe so, Beeve. Yeah, <laughs> I might just double check. I don't that. believe that, but that Should've is. Asked him the <laughs> That is our feature interview with the great Ish Sodi. So, so lucky to have him on the program. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Our first five stocks in New Zealand. Are you concerned about them or do you think, actually, we've got plenty of players coming through. We are going to be absolutely fine. Double eight, double three is the number to text. Have your say or 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line and you can be in to win a Makita New Zealand voucher as well. $250 voucher could be coming your way. Sorry, just quickly before we go to the phone line, uh, Beave, you were correct. Uh, it was indoor, but not yeah. indoors. Oh. The Black yeah. Caps played indoor. Uh, indoor, yeah, typo. I, f- I thought I picked it up. I didn't think indoor. I was hearing things. I thought strange place to need a roof on your stadium, India. Pretty dry, I thought. <laughs> Thanks very much uh, for confirming that, Chris Beaver. Did, in fact, hear correctly. We're going to hit the phone lines now. All thanks to Makita New Zealand for all the outdoors. We've got Graham calling in from Christchurch. Graham, thank you so much for your time. What do you make of our first five stocks in New Zealand at the moment and what do you think is going to happen after the World Cup? Well, you know, it is a, it is a bit of a conundrum. As um, you know, as he said, you know, I've got an interview this morning with Richie Mawanga. Obviously, um, you know, I'm a Crusaders fan, obviously, and uh, but you know, players like him are a huge loss. Yeah. But you know, Dean, Dean, um, you know, probably has got a good point from Dunedin. You know, before the news when he said that, you know, we have got a lot of good players, but but I think that also the fact that as an English player like Stephen said, being brought in, obviously Mitch Hunt and Marty Banks. 
have been, you know, got injury problems. Marty, uh, Mitch, Mitch has been out for a long time. Yeah. So that's sort of, you know, they've made this decision, but it's perhaps highlighted it a bit more. But, you know, I think Ruben Love and, um, you know, with the Hurricanes, I thought he was outstanding for Wellington and Fergus Burke, you know, I think last year he really stepped up for the Canterbury side and, and, and for the, he got a few starts to the Crusaders. I thought he was unlucky not to be on the A Tour, actually. But, um, yeah, those guys are, you know, are getting better. First five is a position, well, I'm talking to Stephen. But, I mean, you know, guys, you know, the, you know, it's a flashlight position. You know, they um, often take a while, but to come to, you know, to actually mature. So I think we'll get there, but it's going to be a bit of a, um, you know, with the Bowdens you know, uh, future at a bit of a, you know, question mark and whether Damien goes back to Japan, you know, that's going to be, we'll wait and see. But, you know, in the past, you know, we've had, you know, so many players, you know, you highlighted about Canterbury or the Crusaders when, when Stephen played for the Chiefs and he had Cruden, Aaron Cruden with him and we had, you know, Tom Taylor and Colin Slade here too and, you know, and before that too we had a lot of... <laughs> got great first fives yeah. too so um yeah so i mean yeah compared with those years it, it does it probably doesn't look so good because of the depth issue but you know it seems it seems to revolve resolve itself um hopefully for new zealand rugby in the long run yeah it's absolutely great great points there and, you, and you're right it does seem to resolve itself eventually uh out of out of those young boys you mentioned mate uh right now who, do you, who would you put your money on that they will emerge out of that pack? You, you mentioned Burke, you mentioned Aiden Love. Uh, sorry, not Aiden Love, that's combining the two Hurricanes boys. It's Ruben Love and Aiden Morgan. Uh, out of those boys, who do, you re- <laughs> who do you reckon will emerge, possibly? Well, good question. I think, well, those two, I mean, you can't say definitively, but yeah, they're both different players. Ruben's seen as more, can play full pack, dare I say it, where a lot of first fives get played at times. Um, yeah, I think those two would be the leaders, you know, Fergus and um, Ruben Love at the moment. But, you know, I think that there's always, there's another guy, Alex Hartford here, he's in the Crusaders wider training, a couple of games with Canterbury, looked pretty good. And Pira, Stephen Pirafita needs, yep. you know, um, he's got his critics, but, he, you know, more time at first five, you know, and I think he could he could still take up a, you know, a couple of steps because I think, you know, he hasn't had a lot of chances with the All Blacks, so... Yeah, they're around, and there's bound to be someone else come through. You know, this year's Super Rugby, if not the MPC, mm-hmm. at the end, of, you know, at the other end of the year. Yes, thank you so much for your call, Graham. You make a lot of sense, uh, and it was very interesting talking to you. So, thank you for your time. Um, Beeb, I just wanted to, to quickly mention before I forget, we were talking about Peyton Spencer in this first five debate. He's making his international debut for our seven side this weekend, and a very proud family has just posted about it. So congratulations to the Spencer family. That is a big, big deal for them. You're listening to The Run Home on ECNZ. Thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Time now for pacing for purpose. It is back. And guess what? We're in the lead, Beef. I, I see those figures. Gee's been a good... Good summer, didn't we? Let's share, let's share. If you don't know how this works, Pacing for Purpose, it is all for our chosen charity. So each week we put a $50 bet on behalf of our charity, which on the run home here is Movember. It is as we try and raise funds for four New Zealand charity charities across the day from breakfast to mornings with Smithy and afternoons with Staffy. We're all in it together, but we're also competing, and it is all thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. Uh, breakfast have $610 raised. Mornings, $607.50. 
uh, afternoons 210 and drive, you will be pleased to know $1,047 so far for our chosen charity. Ka-ching. That is right. Money in the bank. Uh, now this week, if you've been following and you want to know what our tips are this week, these don't come from us, by the way, and that's probably why they're so successful, because they haven't come from Beaver or myself. Don't blow our cover yet. Any, <laughs> anything to say to those allegations, Beaver? They're all mine. They're all my bets. Well, if they were, you'd see uh, more than once every 52 weeks uh, victories on Beaver's Best, which goes again tomorrow. But this week, we're talking about Friday at Addington Harness Racing New Zealand. Race 7, number 9, All-American Lover. So that is tomorrow at Addington. Race 7, number 9, All-American Lover. We have $50 on that, and all the money goes to Movember. It's got a tough wide draw, but she's a tough horse and can win but it's a quality field of mares in the night's feature race. She's won 11 races already and is highly rated by her stable. So, there you go. Expect more success for the run home. It just becomes paying, expected now, doesn't it? It does. Paying, paying three bucks for the win if you uh, want to get on it yourselves. So, uh, judging by the previous record in this uh, pacing for purpose, I'd get on board whatever the run home's got. That is pacing for purpose for another week. All thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. We'll keep you posted. We'll keep you updated uh, next Thursday. We go back to the text line, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line. Today we're talking about the first five stocks in New Zealand. And you know what I think? I think the overwhelming uh, majority of you believe it's okay. She'll be right. We are going to be all good. We do not have to worry. Post Rugby World Cup, we always find quality players in this country. That's the attitude that I'm getting uh, across the airways and, and text line today, Beef, which is refreshing and positive. Absolutely. It's always been the, the mantra that there'll be someone else come through, so that's why I guess we, we've we never changed the, the stance yeah. on letting players go overseas because we, we back what's coming through. Obviously, it's been thrown in our face this week a little bit by the fact that we've gone and got Englishman to be a 10 for the Landers, but uh, by and large, that's the attitude that uh, everyone's held for a long time. Long may it continue as well. But if you've got a point on this topic, if you'd like to yarn, 0800 150 is the number to call on the Makita New Zealand phone line or double eight double three. We'll be back right after news and sport and we're playing Drive to Survive nice and early for a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. You're listening to The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to McDelivery. Today we're talking the first five debate, but we're also playing Drive to Survive nice and early. So call us up 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line to play Drive to Survive or get your point across on the first five debate. Someone's texted Beave and asked, how old is Bryn Gatland? In my eyes, he's our third best 10. Very underrated. That one's from Jimmy. Now, Bryn is 27 years old. Do you think... Now, this is just a me coming up with random thoughts yes. in my mind, but if he doesn't make the All Blacks in the next two years, so post-Rugby World Cup when they're rebuilding, would there be a chance that he could go overseas and play for Wales or he'd be eligible, right, if his father's... I'm almost convinced he's eligible. He must be eligible. Through either... Uh, Ancestry? Yeah, pretty, he might have even been born there. I was going to say, well, they definitely grew up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before he came back to Hamilton Boys, they spent, they grew up in Wales. Yeah. Oh. So would he, he, he'd have a Welsh passport? He'd have a UK This is like me least. just speculating again, but I'm just throwing it out there if he doesn't before, get selected for New Zealand. Before he was 
uh, before he was obviously the Welsh coach. Oh, no, he was born in Huntley. There you go. I was born in Huntley. Um, so that'll make it tough. Huntley's not quite London. <laughs> um, which I thought he may have been, considering Gats was coaching Wasps for a long time too. Yes. But, but yeah, he may still have earned his passport by time in, time in the UK. Well... He'll be hoping that he can crack the All Blacks, and Jimmy uh, thinks he's very underrated, so potentially he could make it in. Carrie says, what about Brett Cameron? Had one test for the All Blacks. Yep, Beaver's already mentioned Brett Cameron as a potential suitor. There's a number of them, aren't they, that are just hovering at that next level, that given the opportunity, could produce magic. Yeah, you've got to look at the guys who potentially will, will get a crack at starting Super Rugby, so... With Richie at the Crusaders, you don't think anyone from the Crusaders is going to have long enough to put their hand up um, in the Blues. But we're not saying anyone's going to be a bolter this year. I think it's pretty going to next year. only next year. The only question mark, and for mine it's not a question mark, but call me biased, but I presume it's going to be Moanga, Barrett, McKenzie as your group of three. Uh, Peter Fetter may, may come into calculations, but at the moment, betting man, that would be the three for me. Oh, and you are. Oh, occasionally. Occasionally uh, on Racing for Purpose, obviously. Pacing for Purpose. Pacing for Purpose as well, too. Oh, Dale says New Zealand has the best production line of rugby players in the world. Will be right. I agree with you, Dale. Thank you so much for your message. Right, right. now is the time. We are playing Drive to Survive, so give us a bell, 0800 150 811. That is your official cue to call to win a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. But coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to Mick Delivery, straight after DTS, we've got Brennan Popwell coming on from the TAB. Let's take some odds. Let's see if he'll take odds on, on who could be next and we're talking next year um, and, and whether Beavers 3 are correct, Damien McKenzie very biased, uh, Bowden <laughs> Barron and Richie Moonga uh, Yvonne Willering, former Silver Ferns coach and player is coming on to chat a bit of netball with us the Silver Ferns uh, overnight lost to Australia, very controversial uh, things happened during that match as well, we'll talk to her about that uh, and let you know a little bit more, after 6 we've got Black Sticks women's keeper Brooke Roberts coming in studio before their two-match series against Spain over the weekend in Tauranga. We whip around the grounds before the instant replay. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is Drive to Survive. Yes, it is. And if you've never played the game before, now could be the day. All you have to do is grab your phone, dial 0800 150 811. It is so simple. You just have to get through a few rounds of quiz questions, sporting quiz questions from our quiz master, Stephen Donald. Oh, thank you for the introduction. And uh, I can't help but notice we've got a new a new name on our, uh, on our panel here to play uh, Drive Survive. So... Should we start there, uh, fellow Christchurch man? Uh, we'll start deep down where they say first fires fall off trees. So we'll start with Greg. Greg, how are you, mate? I'm good, Beef. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, first time, first time playing Drive Survive. Am I right? First time calling SENZ. Oh, fantastic! Well, welcome on board, mate, and we appreciate you calling. And geez, we appreciate that you chose <laughs> your own home. <laughs> 
I've been at work all day, so I haven't been listening to anything. So it'll, right. it might be a bit rough. Let's try uh, and win you some money, Greg. We'll win, we'll win you some money at the TAB. And hey, uh, just so you know, you haven't played before. If Even if you get one wrong, hang around because we could end up back with you. We'll start with lap one, question one with Greg. Who beat the Silver Ferns last night? That would have been Australia. It was Australia. In the final there, question two, lap one. Name one of the Black Caps named to the ODI Team of the Year. Oh, got to be Michael Bracewell. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see his son in a shred. He has made a hell of a late run, but no, it is not Bracewell. I'll tell you what, he's in my team every day of the week at the moment. We're going to stay in Christchurch, and we have got Tim. Tim, how are we? Very well, thanks, Pete. How are you going? Yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. Tell me, what do you reckon about all this first five chat? Oh, I think I'm on the same page as everyone else, mate. It's just uh, clickbait from the media, but, um, you know, it's, this, is, this happens every World Cup cycle, you know, like we lose a, we lose a bunch of good players, and they're all replaced over the next three to four years. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and no, one, no one's talking about what we've lost. You know, two years down the track, everyone's just talking about the, the massive amount of talent that's come, come to light. And those guys Dead don't right. get shine because the incumbents are there. But I also disagree with you about D-Mac, mate. I, I, he's a maverick, but I feel like he's an impact player at 15, and I don't rate him as a first five. So he's not making your World Cup squad? <laughs> oh, no, he's definitely in the squad. But yep. As an outside back impact player, not as a uh, not as a first five. So you're finding room for another ten in that squad, are you? Uh, well, I think Stephen Perifera. You've got Bowden Barrett and Stephen Perifera who can both play fifteen, and um, and Tim Gibbs, who can play fifteen, and Richie Mong who's just starting first five. There you go. Dif- different balance of that squad, but we'll Incredible carry on back to back to drive to survive. Uh, now with Tim from Christchurch. <laughs> uh, Name one of the Black Caps named to the ODI Team of the Year. Uh, I think Glenn Phillips was in there, wasn't he? His engine has blown. He is not in the ODI Team of the Year. I tell you what, one won't surprise you, one will. That's how I'd, that's how hold I'd go. Hold the line, everyone, hold the line. Yes, don't go away anywhere. We now... Go to a perennial champion of Drive to Survive, Brad from Dunedin. How are we, mate? Yeah, good. How are we, too? Yeah, we are well. We are very well. Tell me, do you know one black cap that was named in the ODI team of the year? Uh, I'll go for the surprising one, Tom Latham. <laughs> yes. I, I must admit, I looked at that and go, oh, interesting. Didn't, didn't see that one coming, but there you go. Numbers don't lie, they say. We now... Go to question three, lap one. Who is the Black Caps' next test opponent? Um, Baseball, England. It is Baz and his merry men come to town. Who's on breakfast tomorrow morning as well? Listen out. Brendan McCullum on breakfast with Izzy and Kempe. Has he, has he got the boys in the country already, Izzy? Unsure? You'll find out tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Baz is anyway. <laughs> Question four, lap one. 
We're here with Brad from the Needham. Where will Richie Moanga play his rugby in 2024? Oh. Is it, is it Toyota? Uh, give, give, give me a country, but yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, Toyota, Japan. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's actually Toshiba, but you're in the right country, and that's all we had, so uh, not a problem Wrong there. <laughs> yeah, it's a different massive company. Uh, who also, I think they've got one of your players going there. And um, they've got one of your all Blacks. Frizzell's going, Frizzell's going there too, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Shiva, open the checkbook. Lap two, question one here. Name the Illawarra Dragons player who will miss the 2023 season due to an illness. Oh, Cody Ramsey. Cody Ramsey doesn't trip up, Brad. I saw that yesterday. Um, yeah, Dragons are my team, so. Oh, are they? Geez, you've had a rough couple of years. Uh, we've, we've still got a ring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's true. Uh, question two, lap two. Steve Adams will be injured up to five weeks due to what? Uh, he's got a knee injury, doesn't he? Correct. The big man's knee. Jeez, I saw something before. He's been in the NBA nine years now. Jeez, that time's flowing. Seems to have... Uh, yeah, I, I, can't believe, I can't believe he's not even 30. I know. Jeez. Yeah, he's going all right, Kirst. Nine, year, <laughs> nine years was probably enough financially, but keep going, Steve. Keep going. Question three, lap two. The Breakers play the Bullets today. Where on the table are the Breakers? Uh, definitely not first. Um, I'm thinking this third. Well, your thinking has not let you down there. Uh, they have slipped a little, but uh, let's hope they hold on to at least third. Now, I reckon this one will be a gift for you. And the $50 will also be a gift from our great mates at the TAB. Name the golfer who allegedly threw a tee at the one and only Rory McIlroy for ignoring him during warm-ups. Oh, um, I saw this. Um, you want his full name? If you give me a surname, that'll be enough. Or his nickname. He's got quite a cool nickname. Oh, um, first name's Patrick. What's his last name? <laughs> You've got it, Brad. You've got it. Yes, Patrick Reed. Patrick Uh Reed. Beauty. I wasn't going to be prepared to give it to you just on Patrick. That could be anyone in the world. Very common name, Patrick. But uh, well done, mate. Well done. Congratulations, and we will be playing Drive to Survive again on Monday for another $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. Uh, well well done to Brad from Dunedin. How many people named Patrick do you know, Beef? Uh, yeah. Look, that's not the that's not the question. The question is whether <laughs> we're just going to start I don't think it's one of the more away. common names in the world, is it? Oh, there's patties everywhere. Uh, big Patrick I guess it, if you're looking in Ireland... There's probably quite um, a few patties. Patty Gower, um, who I'm sure is a Patrick. 
Uh, he, he is a Patrick Gower. Need, need I continue? Need I continue? No, you've proven uh, your point. You've yeah, proven you. your point. Uh, that is us on Drive to Survive for another day. We've got a number of texts continuing. I liked Tim's point though. Everyone is replaceable, unless of oh, course yes. you're Stephen Donald. Uh, no, no, very replaceable. They found plenty um, to replace me, even when I wasn't. Needed to be replaced, I thought Ted, um, but he still found some others. It's almost uh, but... debate done, isn't it? Because everyone is replaceable at the end of yes. the day. We'll go to the text line uh, right after this, and we've got the TAB coming up too. Well, Tim started the debate about Damien McKenzie, and it has been continued on the text line. Uh, no name to this, but I would like to see McKenzie play 10 all season for the Chiefs. He played very well for New Zealand A and could put real pressure on the incumbents. Is he committed to New Zealand rugby beyond Rugby World Cup? No. He only signed a one-year deal, didn't he, Beave, after coming back from Japan? Yeah, I'm not even sure about the contract status Thank there, you, but, Dad. Uh, it was out in the yeah. paper. Okay. So, yeah, no, he's... I think he'd be silly to go. Yeah, but exactly. He signed a one-year deal. He's going to be here after yep. the World Cup. And then, obviously, if Richie's gone, surely he's going to stick around. Oh, the yes. He would have would signed say. a one-year deal because he's got more bargaining power once he knew a few pieces were moved. Yeah, once the pieces move, then all of a sudden you go up the ladder, don't you? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Must have a good agent there, fella. <laughs> is it <played>. you? <laughs> no, no. No, I think I know who it is, but uh, well played. Without um, sounding like uh, a obsessive gambler here, last yes. night we sat and watched the Australian Open Djokovic uh, quarterfinal and the live bidding, I, I totally understand why you do it now, Beef. There's, there's, there's a thrill about live betting because if you're betting on, like, you can bet on the game if you haven't done so already on the TOB account. Like, have a look tonight when the women's semis are on. But you can bet on so many different things while it's going on that you can literally win money one minute, lose it the next, win again, and you're up. You don't have to wait an hour and a half for a match to finish. You can see money instantly in your account right then. It's addictive. And you can feel the emotion of the event. Oh. I don't need a, I don't need a bet on tonight though because my girl Azarenka. Oh, you've uh, already got your fourteen dollars on Azarenka. Yeah, I'm whipping her home. Azarenka Sabalenka final, do you think, or an all Belarusian final? <laughs> You're not even taking the Mickey either. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> a, I'm not sure. But I tell you, who would be happy that you were doing a lot of live betting as our next guest? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know it's it's a dangerous <laughs> thing, and I should uh, preface it and say do gamble responsibly. But we did have a bit of fun last night. Brendan Popperwell from the TAB joins us now. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. BP, great to have you back on. How's today been for you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Kirst. I'm just hearing you there. You're obviously enjoying the, the live betting oh, on the tennis. Loving yeah. it on the tennis. All the options. It just makes, like the match was already, it's already exciting when you're watching one of the best tennis players of all time go uh, go at it on the court. But when you add the little element of the live betting, something else. Yeah. You can't replicate that feeling. <laughs> no, you can't. And that's been one of the greatest things since sports betting was introduced. But then, of course, with live betting coming in, it just makes it add, uh, a little bit more exciting and uh, long as you bet within your means, it's, yes. uh, it's a whole lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that, that is very popular with our tennis, especially through the Australian Open. There's those punters that are, that are investing on game points and, you know, it, what, what will the score be uh, after so many... That's uh, exciting. ...and all those sorts of things. So, what, what was that, Beef? No, 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 oh. I'm just... I'm, oh. I'm struggling to contain my laughter with <laughs> my co-host um, explain the thrill of their live betting. Well, Mate. how's Beaver's girl, Azarenka, looking? <laughs> 
Yeah, look, uh, it's probably one of the options that we are a little bit scared of because we know some punters have probably followed Beaven here on the $14. Uh, so we're mindful. Uh, there was there was some money around for her in, in the Pagula match last couple of days ago, and there's money circling again at the 265. So if you're not the fortunate one to be able to get the $14 uh, on the outright winner, well, there's still a chance of either uh, having a bet tonight in the head-to-head market or going to the outrights as well. Uh, in terms of the men's side of the draw, look, it's pretty hard to make money here. If you're, if you're a Djokovic fan, very short. We've spoken about how short he's been for the last few days. He's unbackable uh, in his match itself. He's a dollar and three cents. Uh, so you'd be looking, if you are a Djokovic fan, to try and narrow that down to set betting and that type of betting um, or live betting uh, on the match. Uh, when, when that match does roll around at half past nine tonight. Uh, do want to jump to the Breakers match because we have seen some money for the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, they are the outsiders at 290. Uh, they're playing at home against the Breakers who are 137. We've seen money for the Bullets uh, and we've seen money for this power play that might interest both of you. Match do, decided by five points or less. So that, that gives you both teams at $2.80. It might be a power play that could interest you there, Beef. Okay. Yeah, I'm just humming and hurrying. Is our man Brown Jr. back? I'm just trying to work out if he's back playing. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I think so, but I'm not 100 on that, so I wouldn't want to put my life on it. Yeah. Um, that affects the breakers' scoring for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna have to do some research there, mate. Hey, um, when you were talking about the tennis before, aren't you, you'd be silly not to get on Sitsipas. Just if you've got a little bit just floating on the side there, you'd be silly not to just chuck some on a bit. Four fifty. Are you thinking just how long the hamstrings going to hold together? Is that is that where you're coming from? Is that the angle? I think so, but and also the angle that if you've been watching, yes, Djokovic has been phenomenal, but geez, that's a pass. Um, mm. He hasn't been bad, jeepers. Yeah, look, the four dollar fifty price, and and it's been longer, obviously, in that in that outright market. There, there has been some interest around him, and interest. I'm, I'm meaning, you know, smaller bets with all the bigger bets around Djokovic. We've seen a lot of thousand dollar bets. So, yeah, no, you're right. And, and look, where things sit in that market too for the for the head to head, Tsitsipas is uh, where are we one thirty seven uh, currently in that market, which um, that will be tomorrow afternoon at four thirty. Uh, quickly, others. Sevens. We have got yes. the Sydney Sevens markets uh, all open there for you. So all those matches uh, for tomorrow afternoon can tell you on the men's side. Uh, the outright winner is Fiji 375 and the, the New Zealand men at 375. While the uh, New Zealand women, they are very dominant and we've already taken some money on the outright price, uh, which sits at a current quote now of $1.70 with the Aussie woman at 240 You'd like to think, well, not for our sake, but the Fiji and Sevens team. At three seventy five, you'd think there'd be some bounce back, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, we've already seen some interest in the price, so I, I'd imagine that there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, already punters are thinking that. Well, thank you so much for your time, BP. Great to have you back on the show. Awesome. All good. Cheers, have team. a good night. Brennan Popperwell there from the TAB. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at the tab.co.nz. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. When we come back, we'll head back to the text line, double eight double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line. Our chat, our text and our call topic today, what do you make of our All Blacks 
or New Zealand rugby first five stocks post Rugby World Cup. Are you happy with who we've got coming through? This is the run home on SENZ, all thanks to Raiderflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Jim, a message in from Jim Beef from Tamuka. Yeah. Yes, Jim from Tamuka, great to have you back. And uh, he says, welcome back team. First fives in New Zealand rugby. Well, being a member of the Ford Pack, I think we need to offer for kids underwear ads to excite the young men who will like to pose with their hair done in chest wax. You never know. I mean, Beaver being the world-famous belly-button kicker of World Cup glory. Um, Did you yeah. do the jockey ads? Uh, no, no, not they at all. They never got you with your kit off? Uh, no, jockey didn't, no, not at all. Um, they were running around desperate one, one year, offering all sorts of money the night before the shoot, and uh, again... <laughs> what, no one wanted to do it? Uh, one particular DC year. by himself. Yeah, yeah. Pay me what you pay in DC, and I'll do it. <laughs> no, this is not. This was not. Oh, I was not so long ago, but when I was back in Japan one off season, uh, I was getting the uh, phone call the night before it all. I was like, no, no, no. I'm, uh, a, I would never do it in my prime, and, and B, I'm in a very sloppy neck in my off season right now. So uh, leave me alone, thanks. Tim from the 09. Hi guys, our issue is not players, it is the battle of styles and adapting to rules. I fear our younger players are not getting enough games against South Africa. Yeah, I mean, it's been brought up, hasn't it? Um, it seems that when the boys play the box, it's it's a bit of a shock to the system where in the past, I guess, constantly playing those big men with that suffocating style of football that they're so good at um, has has seemed to be a bit of a theory of late why we sometimes do struggle against the box. But, I mean, there's also the record is still pretty good considering how good the box are too. So, read into that what you will. Just while we're talking about first fives and whatnot, Richie Moonga going overseas two or three years, is it? I think it's three years in Japan. Um, when he comes back in 2027 season, so the season of the World Cup in Australia, will he make the All Blacks? Will he walk straight back into it after three seasons in Japan? It's hard to know, isn't it? Because we've seen different players come back in different conditions. Yeah, we've seen guys come back after a year yeah. and, and struggle. We've seen guys come back after two years, take a while. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it is a very interesting one. And I, I don't think there can be any guarantees that he will. Do you think he's the type of player that, depending on what happens in the next year or two, New Zealand rugby would bend the rules for and allow him to come straight back in from Japan and play? So be playing over there, but come back imagine- into the all-black setup. I'd imagine that's where we're sitting, where we are sitting in the in the world at the time. If, if the, It'll be if a discussion back, depending yes. on what the scenario is. But then again, I also don't think you can be over there for two or three years and then as coaches look over there and say, oh, yeah, he's ready to come straight yeah. back in anyway. Because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as I've said many a time, when you're up there, you say how great the footy is, but the reality is it's still a long, long way off super. It's a long, longer way off test match footy. So... Um, I think guys that go up there know full well if they're going for two, three years, it, it may be the end of their all-back days. But, but then again, someone like Richie Moonga, he'll look after his body, I'd imagine, pretty well. And uh, and come back, if he's got that in his mind, he better come back and, and focus in on that. 
Well, the Rugby World Cup this year is not the only World Cup, not the only pinnacle event for our New Zealand teams. It's also the Netball World Cup in South Africa in July and August. They've just finished up the quad series over in South Africa. They played Australia in the final. We're going to chat to the great Yvonne Willering right up next. Wrestling going on between the two off. Well, I don't think they know if the goal was scored. I can't even remember if the goal was scored because we were... I didn't we're... see the goal being scored. No, I was looking neither. up here. Me neither. So oh, extraordinary. Burgess was looking the other way. Kemp... I don't know what to suggest, if I'm honest. Well, let's yeah, have a look. We'll be able to tell you. Fortunately, well, unfortunately for the umpires, it is scored, but they don't have the beauty of the replays like we do. Kemp occupied with all the goings-on off the ball. Well, she's looking at the shot then. We have proof of the goal being scored. Well, sadly, we can't interfere at this point, though. It's not part of our game, so a toss-up. When was the last time there was a toss-up? So there was a bit of a tussle going on between the two Australian defenders, Grace Wecky, our New Zealand shooter. All that was going on. Amelia Rand slotted a goal. The umpires didn't see it, so the goal was rolled out, and instead they did a toss. Joining us to talk about everything that's happened uh, over the quad series is the great Yvonne Willering. Yvonne, thank you so much for your time back on the programme. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Are you there, Yvonne? The whole quad series. So interesting. That that was something quite bizarre, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but uh, take it out of context. Everyone, the people are basically focusing on the goal that was scored. Yeah. But at the same time that was happening, there was a big incident between Nueki and Bruce. And I think that also indirectly caught the umpire's attention. And that was at the same time as the shot being taken. Now, normally one umpire will tend to ask the other umpire, you know, uh, for assistance if she's unsure of the he or she is unsure of the call. But that's mainly for like a ball going out of court or of an offside position. Appreciating that the other umpire is not in the same position as the that initial umpire because he or she is further down court. Now, what happened? Neither of them actually knew what had occurred. Yes. Now, in the rule book, if that is the case, you can't just make it up as you go. Although one almost did try to do so. <laughs> so they actually had no choice but to have a toss-up. It is still in the rule book, and that actually, at the end of the day, was the fairest thing to do. Luckily, as it turned out, the Ferns did get the ball back and scored from it. You know, and people say, oh, what if this was in the last minute of the World Champs? Listen, things happen like that all the time, right or wrong, because, like, if you have an incorrect throw-in at, at the, you know, in the last dying seconds of the game, or there's a penalty call when you know there's no infringement occurred, are we then going to get a, look for a, a review process or a replay of the incident? So, yeah, it was really brought to the fore, probably more so by the commentators than any <laughs> Else. <laughs> and I think that's because you had one New Zealander and an Australian on that commentary team as well. But this is why yep. we brought the experts on. This is why we wanted to talk to you. Uh, and it wasn't <laughs> that one moment that, that, of course, decided the quad series either. What no. did you make of both Australia and New Zealand five months out from the World Cup? 
Yeah, really interesting, and certainly the, there was a number of learnings from from the Ferns. Yeah, they went out for that game to try to win it, and part of it, some people have also said why weren't subs made earlier, you know, but obviously detract from our little uh, toss-up here. <laughs> but like Watson and Berger, they have been reintroduced into the Silver Ferns environment, and welcome back to them, because I think that they played really well. I thought they just slotted back in easily. My Probably my main concern is the great reliance that we do have on Grace Nowicki. Mm-hmm. She played every game as goal shooter. And so the concern, one, is obviously, geez, we never want to see her injured. Yeah. But also the concern is that the goal attacks are starting to become feeders. Because even in against Australia in that final, Ekanasio yeah. became a bit of a hesitant shooter. And really, she spent the majority of her time feeding it into Nowicki. And we know that Ekanasio can shoot them from distance, but she was choosing not to do so. So that's a concern. Kate Heffernan, also Grace Nowicki, I don't know if people know, but she also got the um, shooter and the player of the tournament. So certainly well done to her. Kate Heffernan, I thought she was a great defensive centre. I think she's made the most of her opportunities and she, in fact, was awarded the midcourt player of the tournament. And Bruce, you know, who, who New Zealanders love to hate, <laughs> and she was the defender of the tournament. And I actually thought that she had a pretty decent uh, tournament all around. But my concern also with Australia is is that both there are two players who I really rate highly in Western and Weta. I don't know if she's going to come back, but they certainly will add something different to that Australian lineup. And that's not taking anything away in the shooting circle from the Conan Wood combination because I thought they really uh, took it to the ferns and they did at times, you know, just pull them apart. Uh, Yvonne, you obviously mentioned and we talked about the. Uh... The, the rusting up of uh, Nuweki, and uh, is that something that she can pretty much expect? And I guess from what the Australians are going to how to defend her moving forward, I guess her standing now in the game. Yep, Hang Ten uh, is this give and take on both sides. And uh, sometimes, you know, she does get pulled as well. And it's also a very, very fine line when two players are, are matched up against each other and there is no space between them. So they're heavily being marked. Now, Bruce has been told on occasions that if she's being heavily penalised to get off the player, you know. And in fact, I think the Ferns actually were penalised more in that game than Australia. So, yeah, it, it's part of the game, whether we like it to be part of the game. I don't. Um, I I mean, I I would much prefer to see a game that didn't have a huge number of penalties there because you appreciate any time you're penalised the game comes to a stop and you know, everyone's wanting a a smooth uh, playing and we want intercepts to be taken. Our game against England, even though there were a couple of warnings in that game, it was a great game because there were intercepts taken on both sides and even Dame Nolene uh, Taurua alluded to that about how how good the defence was in that game, you know, and we don't want it to be a situation where we're just waiting to see what the umpire is going to call. What do we do about getting Amelia Ann uh, more involved in that shooting circle to get her numbers back up again? Um, well, see, that's the thing. We went out there to uh, to win the to win the quad series. Mm. Did, did Grace Nowicki have to stay on the court? Absolutely, I have no problems with that, and that's not what I'm saying. But there may come a time, and uh, obviously in trainings they do it, whereby you've got Ekanasio uh, uh, with another player, whether it's Maya Wilson yeah. um, out on court. We just need a situation whereby she also becomes a dominant shooter. Appreciate even if with the Ekanasio 
Ignacio and Grace Nowicki's out on court, if Ignacio does miss, and she does not miss very many, but if she did, you've got a Grace Nowicki there for the rebound, and she's a wonderful rebounder. So, yeah, I would still like to see Ignacio more involved in the shooting. Another reason for that being it would then make the opposition defence go more one-on-one so you don't have the situation where two players are marking Grace Nowicki. The reason they do that is because they know that the pass is going to go into her. So if Ekinasio started shooting the ball around, it would mean one of the in-circle defenders would have to drop off and then mark up with her, which then would give Grace Nowicki a little bit more space and hopefully then it also would avoid um, some of those inevitable contacts. Yvonne, how important is the ANZ Championship going to be this year in terms of selections? And do you think we will see any surprises, anyone that could jump out and and get added to this team pre-World Cup? Yeah, it has to be a... a um, yeah, a close competition. Although we also want a good competition, mm-hmm. you know. And we, in the past, we've had a situation: teams can have four or five losses and still make it into the finals, and that's not good enough, you know. Every time you go out on the court, we really would want to see really close encounters. Personally, I think that um, with the Ferns, I think the, the World Championship team probably will be selected from these fourteen players. I can't. Maybe one or no, maybe one person <laughs> can be. Can be introduced, but really these are the players that have now been tested uh, against the top in the world. Um, you've got a situation though, Selby Ricketts and Kirsten in particular didn't get a lot of court time, so they certainly will be looked at a little bit more going into um, the ANZ Championship, appreciating that the Ferns didn't go with 12 to um, South Africa, they took 14, as did most teams. Well, it's a big year, isn't it, this year? The Netball World Cup coming up later on in South Africa. All eyes will be on that ANZ Championship. Yvonne, thank you so much for your time and for your expertise. We love it. We love having you on the show. It's been a pleasure. I just think it was so funny having all this focus <laughs> on, on this one aspect. And, you know, the umpire, I actually, I, I know I'm, you know, probably not always a favourite of umpires, but I actually do feel for it. It was a situation yeah. whereby you've got to look at why was she unsighted and was she unsighted because so much was going on mm. at the time, you know. And, hey, we all do make mistakes. We just don't want it seen from the umpire. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Yvonne. Have a wonderful night. Pleasure. This is The Run Home on SENZ, all thanks to Mick Delivery. Coming up, we've got a special guest coming into studio. Uh, her name is Brooke Roberts. She's from the Black Sticks women's side who are taking on Spain and Tauranga this weekend. Uh, I also caught up with her late last year uh, in an extended podcast. You can go back and listen to that on the SENZ app. She's a wonderful chat. She's got a great story as well. So we've got her coming up in the next couple of minutes. Um, there's a message in here from Richard Beave about uh, the All Blacks. Normally we're not worried about whether we've played other teams or not. It's usually other teams having not played us enough that might worry them. It shows the mindset of us supporters that there are comments like that, that because we aren't playing South African teams in Super Rugby, it's attributing to our... Hang on, Kirst. My text machine hasn't got it. Let me bring it up. Attributing... To demise as the front runners in world rugby, we're perhaps going to be like Warriors supporters and hoping next year will be better instead of expecting it. Good text from Richard. We should expect it, shouldn't we? We always I expect think, it from the All Blacks. I don't think that will ever change. No, no. I think uh, once you start hoping, um, and I don't certainly don't want to bring in the Warriors into this debate.
uh, once you start hoping, then, uh, yeah, I guess the standards that you expect of your, your All Blacks are, are slipping. But, uh, no, I think we can expect a hell of a year this year. I genuinely think they're going to go to France. It was as good a chance as any, Kirst. Yeah, well, you got your money on nice and early, didn't yes. you, B, when they were at the the very best money you thought it was only down from there. Correct. You've got you've got your money on the boys. And in September, October, we will know for sure. It is going to be a cracking World Cup, that's for sure. Uh, we cannot wait. And it's just like the netball. We're going to be watching Super Rugby every single week on World Cup Watch to see which players are standing up each week, some of the young and some of the old. This is The Run Home on SENZ, brought to you by Mick Delivery. And we have a special guest in studio. This is so exciting for us. You're only our second guest that we've ever had come into studio, so we're celebrating. Thank you so much for coming in. We've got Brooke Roberts here from the Black Sticks Women's Side. She is their illustrious goalkeeper. And as I mentioned, we did it in a, a sit-down podcast with her last year, so go back and listen to that on the app for the full backstory, where you came from, your story in hockey, your journey as well. It was really, really cool. Um, but Brooke, you've got more important things this weekend going on. What's today been like, given you're two days away from starting a series against Spain? Um, yeah, so today we've just um, done a couple of hockey trainings, um, one of them just to keep us in the flow of things, working on our general field play. And then um, this afternoon we were just practising um, just a few of our set plays, sharpening up on those. Um, the vibe around the squad, uh, we're really, really excited to get started with our year and yeah. just pick up from where we finished off last how, year. How intense is the week before a series? Is all the hard work sort of done already? Is it maintaining fitness over Christmas and doing all that hard stuff? Yes, we we do a lot of like our running and fitness um, over the summer, um, we had our group chat going on and we were sending in our times for our time trials and things. So all of the tough running's over. We've done um, the fitness testing, which the team were phenomenal at. Um, being a goalkeeper, I don't have to participate in I that. I was going to say, <laughs> what's the differences between being a goalie and, and being one of the field players? What are the differences in yeah. fitness testing that you have to do? Yeah, well, we just, we're not expected to like go out there and, and bolt a 5k run, although that, that is something I enjoy to do as a hobby anyway. Yeah. Um, we just need to be really strong and really fast and really sharp, quick reactions. And another really important thing is just to understand our game plan through and through and be able to keep the team really organised in big moments. Well, I'll, I'll bring Beef in so that it's yeah. not just me and you talking <laughs> because I could sit here and talk to you all day, but sorry Beef, welcome in. Yeah, well, welcome, Brooke. And, uh, Brooke, obviously, uh, Spain coming up this weekend, but uh, pretty cool initiative by uh, by New Zealand Hockey around the ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've partnered up with Women's Refuge, and tickets are twenty dollars each. Um, actually, I'm not too sure if that is the price, but I do know it is. It's, it a, is. it's an absolute bargain. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bargain total to see bargain. top quality hockey. Yeah, total bargain to see the uh, fifth best team in the world play um, us against Spain, who are currently number seven. Um, enough of that. So basically, every ticket sold goes towards Women's Refuge and their Gift a Safe Night initiative, which is um, you are paying for um, a woman in need and her family to have a safe bed to go to at night um, when they're doing the process of uh, leaving a domestic violence uh, relationship. 
these things are so important, isn't it? Like you're hockey players, but at the end of the day, you're human and you're having a far bigger impact than just on hockey. These are the types of legacies that you can leave by doing projects like this. Yeah, absolutely. This is really um, connecting with my why and being able to be a driving force behind women finding their voice when they're feeling so trapped um, and just have nowhere else to look. And I absolutely admire the way that Women's Refuge are just finding um, all these different avenues to help women speak out, um, seek help and find a voice when they just aren't able to find anyone and speak out. Yeah, it's a really important cause. So please, if you're in Tauranga, if you want to travel to Tauranga this weekend, jump online, go and get tickets, support our Black Sticks taking on Spain. And you can actually go on the Women's Refuge website uh, and gift a safe night, uh, even if you don't want to go to the hockey this weekend or you're not able to go to the hockey this weekend in Tauranga. Uh, But tell us a little bit more about Spain. For those of us that may not have seen much of Spain, uh, what sort of style of play can we expect from them? What are you expecting as a team? Yeah, so Spain is seventh in the world, um, but when you see them on the world stage, you would be thinking they're right up there with the top three. Um, they're a very fast team, a very quick team with amazing tight skills. Um, and yeah, we're just expecting uh, a lot of pressure um, when we're on the ball always. So you're going to be seeing us pull out a lot of amazing teamwork um, and our best skills against them. Um it's going to be a pretty um, tough couple of games, um, but we're so ready for the challenge. Brooke, you mentioned that you got uh, obviously Spain starting on Saturday, but uh, quite a quite a cool little international window you've got at the moment mm. with uh, USA and China coming. Yes, uh, we've got our Hockey Pro League coming up where we get to go ahead and play within the top eight teams in the world. Um, That's going to be down in Wellington and basically this weekend is just the start of our Olympic qualification campaign which is going to be later on in the year. So tell us a little bit more how that Olympic qualification works and um, does the Pro League feed into that or are they two separate? Playing games and winning games in the Hockey Pro League will help with our overall ranking on the board which um, does come into play. But it's not really an if. We need to go out in August and we're playing against Australia um, in the Oceania Cup. And so we need to beat Australia to qualify for the Olympic Games. it's an exciting, what, less than 24 months that you've got, right? I think about 18 months until the Olympic Games in Paris. For you, that must be a goal of yours to get to Paris? Yeah, absolutely. It is a goal. Um, as the coaches are going to have such a hard time picking between the entire team. Yeah. We have a tight-knit group of women, um, and they all work really, really hard. It's, so, it's such an exciting time for hockey, isn't it? Um, and the men have just been in action in the World Cup as well. Have you been watching them? Did you watch that quarterfinal? <laughs> and their match before that against India. That was like, yeah. Is that a goalkeeper's dream? Oh, my gosh. Um, Leon Hayward yeah. and also uh, Dom Dixon, the other goalkeeper who played the full game, both did an amazing job. Um, I remember saying to my, my friend who her partner is uh, Nick, uh, the captain of the hockey team, um, I said I could not think of a worse crossover match. <laughs> India, playing yeah. India in India, sold out stadium. And when I woke up in the morning, because the game was at 2.30 our time, when I woke up in the morning and I saw they had won, I, just the goosebumps. Yeah. 
Um, I know that they went through two rounds of shootouts of the eight seconds shootout. So about 16 or 18 shootouts all up. Crazy. So proud of our boys. It was crazy. Yeah. We actually had Leon on the program on Monday or Tuesday, was it? And he was talking to us about all the homework that he had to do on these players, on the Indian players. How yeah. much homework do you have to do on the Spanish players, on yeah. the USA, on these teams coming over to New Zealand? How yeah. much research do you have to do as a goalie? Yeah, you need to do as much as you can, to be honest, because if you're standing in the goal about to do a set play yeah. or a shootout and you identify the players on the circle and you're like, you're mostly likely going to do this and that, um, it does make it a lot easier because if they do what you think they're going to do, you're all there and you're ready to stop the ball. But you also need to trust in your ability to adapt because they're all really top-class hockey players yeah. um, and they could just do something different because they're also watching me. Um, you know, they'll see where, like, my weaker spots are, where my work-ons are, and they might not go where they normally go because they're like, hey, um, Brooks' right stick save isn't so good, so I'm going to go there. Brooke, when you're looking at those short corners and that, when you've got your three or four charging out of the uh, goal for you, what do you think of those people that, obviously your teammates, do you, do you think they're the bravest people in the world or do you think they're a little bit crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel a little bit bad because I get a lot of credit for being the goalkeeper and um, I'm the one facing the big hard shots, but I'm covered in all of this <laughs> protective goalkeeping gear. Um, one of the girls got a whopper bruise on her quad today uh, practising <laughs> that first runner position uh, and they just shake it off and they're so tough. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a sook. If, if a ball ever hits me in an exposed area. Can you still bruise through all the padding that you're wearing? Yeah. You yeah. can, yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's a tough sport, but you're up for it. You know exactly what you get yourself into. Um, you mentioned the fact that the boys are playing India in India. So, so tough. You got to go on a couple of amazing tours last year. What's the best place you've played in the world? Oh, um, at the Netherlands yeah. when we were playing the World Cup. Uh, that's a memory that's going to stick with me forever. I call it my fairy tale tour. Yeah. Um, because once upon a time, I really didn't think that I was going to be out there doing that. Um, and we played India in our last pool game to top our pool. We beat them. Um, and all those Indian bands are just insane. Like, this, they just cheer so hard. Um, but then after the match, because of course we we've somehow managed to beat them, um, with all that fan base backing them, yeah. They're so lovely and they just they come up to you and they want photos and they say good game and I just love how much they love hockey and how much they just love seeing the competitive nature between the different teams in hockey. How much are you looking forward to just actually getting back out there and playing? Oh, uh, so much. I'm yeah. just uh, yeah, I, I took about 5 months off. Um I was missing the girls and the sisterhood within that yeah. team. It's a connection that I've never felt before in a team and I feel very special to be a part of the team right now. We have just picked up right from where we left off in August. Um, we're, we're a damn exciting team. Um, just it's special and I'm really, really excited to get started again. And you're, show the world. You're making me excited. You're making me really excited to watch this weekend. Um, what did you do post Commonwealth Games? What did you do over that break period? Uh, I went back to work. Um, my other passion of mine is yeah. running my business. Um, so I went and joined my business partner who needed a lot of, she didn't actually need help. She did amazing, but yeah. I had the guilts. I was ready to get home and start running my business again. 
worked with a lot of amazing uh, New Zealand and Australian brands doing their product send outs. So that's what I focused on. For those people listening that may not have heard the podcast yet, but they will after listening to you on the program now, tell us about your business because a lot of people may be able to benefit from your business. Yeah, so um, over lockdown, my friend and I developed a company called Bespoke to You. Um, We're basically created to help New Zealand companies thrive on an e-commerce space through delivering their bespoke and beautifully crafted goods um, to homes or corporate gifts and things like that. Um, Yeah, it really worked during lockdown and we've continued thriving. It is so, so cool. Well, you're an amazing woman. You're an exceptionally talented woman on and off the hockey pitch. You're doing wonderful things. Thank you so much for coming in studio with us. Uh, We so appreciate it and we can't wait to see you rip up this weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Brooke joining us there from the Black Sticks Woman. And we urge you to watch this weekend. If you can, get down there live. You've heard about it. All the money goes towards gifting a safe night for Women's Refuge. So it's for a wonderful cause. And you're going to see some great hockey as well. So it's an absolute bonus. It was so great getting uh, Brooke in studio, so we so appreciate her time and go and support our Black Sticks women in action over the weekend as well. If you can't be there, uh, those matches will be live. I believe they're live on Spark. Spark Sport. Also, if you can't get down there, head on to the uh, ticket website anyway. Uh, look them up. You can still donate to the charity uh, through there without uh, buying a ticket. There you go. There is all the information you need. We'll whip around the grounds thanks to PGG Rights and Turf soon. That is the Maker's Menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, we also have the Instant Replay and I'm going to do a wee World Cup watch for you. That is the Maker's Menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Maker's favourites straight to your door. Beeb, I said I had some uh, thing to discuss yesterday. Before we run out of time again today, I want to talk about it. This World Cup watch, which I'm sure is going to come up time and time again as we lead up to the Men's Rugby World Cup in Paris in September and October but this time around it is the halfback debate and you know why because at the end of last year remember TJ Perenata did his uh, Achilles in that last fixture against England and we thought oh no here he is he's gone for nine months snapped Achilles that was the diagnosis well he has posted on his social media accounts saying nine months just didn't sit right with him look out loading like, aka, he's coming back soon if you read into that. Yeah, and I'd love to know how. Um, there's obviously been forever and a day, this is how you're treating Achilles. So I don't know if he's gone overseas. I don't know if he's seat. Um, seat is uh, the right Well, I word, don't even I know if he's had surgery on it, to be fair. Do you have surgery yeah. on an Achilles or are you just in the moon boot? Is it depending on the severity? I think you, I think you just get, well, you're in the, in the, old, old days, you just got chucked in a mess of cast and mm. waited for it to sort of uh, sit again. But no, I, he's, he's, I, can't, I can't imagine he's had surgery if he's, if he's giving us a little snippet that he, he's back. He, I, I feel like he's saying to us, I'm not done yet. Do not rule me out of that Rugby World Cup. And he's something else to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Richard Whiffin, who's the assistant coach at the Highlanders, was on SENZ yesterday, and he said that Falau Whakatawa is tracking well for being available for the season. That is the Super Rugby season for the Highlanders. He's not suggesting straight away, but he's saying he will... Most likely, it sounds like he's going to be good to go for the Highlanders Super Rugby season at some stage. Now, remember, Falafa Katava did his ACL, so tore his yes. uh, 
totally blew his knee apart, opted not to have surgery, opted not to go for the surgery um, because um, he found another method of healing his ACL knee injury or rehabbing his knee injury. This is fascinating because we instantly thought those two scratched. There's no way if they get back in time for the World Cup that they'll actually have game time under their belts. Sounds like they both will. It sounds like they both will. And uh, you hope that, you know, you wish them all the best. Obviously, they've both of them sound like they've probably either pushed the envelope a bit or gone alternative as far as the, the usual sort of uh, rehab for those sorts of injuries. So it adds some spice, doesn't it? Jeepers. Um, it makes things interesting because, mm. I mean, last year we sort of thought, once Falau's injury happened, we sort of thought, and TJ was recalled, TJ, Brad and Aaron Smith will be the three halfbacks of the World Cup. Then with TJ gone, you start thinking, well, here's a chance for a bolter. And you threw in yep. Cam Royguard yes. uh, and and some of these other youngsters. Yeah, well, Fakatava and TJ probably fall under the same bracket as far as style of footballers. They're, they're more confrontational. They're, they're bigger bodies than the other two. Uh, when I'm talking behind Aaron Smith, you got Finlay Christie and Brad Weber. And that's when all of a sudden I thought, even if both Fakatava and TJ Piranara are gone, I reckon we still needed somebody of that ilk as far as that sort of style of footballer. So that's where I, I still haven't ridden off Cam Royguard being a bolter. Um, both him and Cortez and Atima ended up on that New Zealand A tour. Yes. Both, both very similar footballers. Um, I know we're going to do a, a, a little thing for, around Super Rugby teams, uh, players that might fall from the sky this year. I mean, Cortez Ratima, it might be his time. Um, but it's interesting with that halfback debate. There could be anyone of four or five, I reckon, go to that could go. Yes. And I mean, while we're speaking of injuries that we put lines through people, where's Quintapire in all of this? Well, we put a line through him because we thought his nine months would, again, he'd be back pre-World Cup, but not enough time to get game time. No, but a very similar injury to Fakatava, really, isn't it? He had ACL, but he chose to have surgery, and he was a lot later than Falau's injury, wasn't he? Uh, He was a few weeks or a month or so later than Falau. Yeah, so maybe but still... But who knows? You just never yeah. know, do you? You never know what the human body's capable of. No, and it seems to be these days capable of more, Kirst. So all the best to those boys. Keep pushing it. More than great we to think. see them back. Well, let's whip around the grounds now thanks to Juriscape Lawn Seed from PGG Wrightson or Fruit Fed Stores. We've just caught up with Brooke from the Black Sticks women's side. She is their incredible goalkeeper. So first up this weekend, Black Sticks taking on Spain in a two-match series, 3pm start on both Saturday and Sunday in Tauranga. Get there or watch that on the box. The Black Caps go to work in the first of three T20s against India Saturday uh, overnight, 3 a.m. Saturday morning. Beave, will our, we go better in the T20s than we did in the ODIs? Well, we're a very good ODI team. Uh, well, then, not against India. Not against India. And India, geez, it's going to be tough. They are the kings of... They're the home of it, really, aren't they? T20. They can all play... As each said. As each said. So, good luck to the boys bowling. Um, <laughs> I, I, it could be anything. The score lines, but again, fascinating. And, and Let's not forget, we have some powerful lineup too. 
So, no, it's, uh, it's must-watch stuff there. A lot of tennis coming up as well. The Australian Open Women's Semi-Finals tonight. Rybakina against Beavers. Azarenka. Lynette against Sabalenka. Tomorrow in the men's uh, semi-finals. Djokovic against Paul. Kachanov against Sitsipas as well. Uh, the women's final Saturday, men's final Sunday. Beav, your predictions for who will be in that final at the Aussie Open? Uh, men's it'll be Azarenka and sorry, men's it'll be uh, Sitsipas and uh, Djokovic, and I am on. You're on Sitsipas. I'm, I'm on Sitsipas. I just, I just, I just want. You just want probably, more money than a dollar one. Uh, yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> and as far as the women's go, look, again, I'm probably uh, speaking with my um, TAB account here. But I'd like to see an Azarenka Sabalenka final uh, with Azarenka prevailing. Coming out on top. Yes. Oh, okay. Bit of a wind back the clock sort of uh, scenario. But isn't it exciting? It has, like, oh, yes, you know, there's been big names tumble, but geez, it's been a wonderful Aussie Open again. I tell you what, Novak Djokovic, when you watch him play, he's like a robot, eh? He just doesn't yes. do anything wrong. He's literally like a robot. Like, perfect technique in everything he does. How he returns some of the balls he returns, I'll never know, but... He's definitely going down as one of the greatest of all time. Has to. Absolutely does. Just can my man sits pass. Um, and especially potentially if uh, he's had a uh, DM from uh, one Margaret Robbie over the, um, over the weekend, it might inspire him even more. Oh, yeah. Can we get that audio? <laughs> We've got that you know, audio. Aussie things, you know. Um, one of my favourite exorcists comes from Australia, Margaret Robbie. I wish I can. Margot Robbie? Are you pitching right now? What, what's happening? It would be nice to see you over there one day. <laughs> so you're, you're ex- officially extending an invitation to Margot Robbie. I just want to be crystal clear here. Absolutely. So Stefano Sitspas, obviously a big fan of The Wolf of Wall Street, just like Beef. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. Um, who's not? So he's made a very public... Um, a public play. play. A very yeah. public play. He wants her in his box. Yeah. Well, what if she turned up for the final? <laughs> it may rock him. It really may rock his, uh, I won't say rock his confidence, but it ro- might rock his uh, concentration. But What would he be happier, walking out of Australia with Margot Robbie or the Australian Open title? Oh, there's, there's always another Aussie Open title in there. There's only one Margot Robbie in the Wolf of Wall Street. That is Stefano Sitzpass, uh, and Beaver is hoping that he makes it all the way through to the finals, and maybe he will get a wee uh, message back. We will keep you informed on his next post-match press conference. Uh, also, the New Zealand Breakers play the Bullets tonight. Uh, that is 930 PM. That is Around the Grounds this week. All thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Ask about Duriscape lawn seed from your local PGG Rights and or fruit fed stores. This is the run home. Thanks to Rotafix Flex buying Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. I just wonder who's picking the music around here these days, Beaver. Are you having an input there? Uh, look, is that I know your song? Probably... I'm easy on it. Um, I know you're very mellow. Thought they call me mellow yeah. yellow. <laughs> if there was a drink, that was time, a, that, what happened with that mellow yellow? Uh, it merged into lift, didn't it? Is it the same thing? Mellow yellow is a bit yellower, though, isn't it? More chemicals. Probably, probably more chemicals. I don't think there was a zero option. Um, I think it was a pure rot on your teeth, but it was quite a styly can back in the day. You know what's a, a seriously underrated drink? Mountain Dew. Well, when you go for a certain drive through 
when that gets offered to you, when you're a bit dusty, I do I do take the Mountain Dew option. It's the only time I take a Mountain Dew. The old ice-cold Mountain Dew. Mm. Can't yes. beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, don't forget something I mentioned a little bit earlier. Baz, our Brendan McCullum, is back on breakfast tomorrow morning. Back in New Zealand, obviously, uh, preparing. Or would he be with his team? He'd be back, wouldn't he? I feel like they're not too far away from playing... No, it's that's why time. Kane Williamson and those guys are here. Yeah. They're here preparing for England. Yes, maybe the, maybe the English boys are here. Uh, find out tomorrow, I'd imagine. Yes. Is, when you say back on breakfast, is he doing a three-hour shift? Or? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure, but you'll have to set your alarms and tune in nice and early to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast because Baz will be in the house. So you'll be able to get all the gossip ahead of the Test Series against England. It's going to be straight blockbuster. What would you ask Baz, Beef? Um, what what do you I want to know? Baz? What do you want to know from inside that team? Oh, I want to know his tactics. I want to know how's he going to try and get you inside the You know them, the boys. don't you? Bazball. Hey? <laughs> oh, Bazball. No, yeah, but he's he's definitely going to set some fields to try and unnerve the boys like he did when they were in England. Um, so Because he, he, he knows too many of the boys' secrets, doesn't he? He knows the conditions, he knows uh, the pitches, he knows the players. He knows too much. He knows I'd it like all. To, I'd like to know if that contract is coming to an end soon so he can maybe help out the Black Caps return to form of glory. You want to nab him. Yeah. You want to nab him back. Please, Baz. <laughs> well, tune in for all the secrets and more. Uh, Brendan McCullum, Baz on breakfast with Izzy and Kempe tomorrow morning. Uh, here's a fun fact for you. From Tim yes. on the text line, Mountain Dew has more caffeine than Coca-Cola. So that's why on those hazy days, Beef, when you just needed mm. an extra kick, you went for the Mountain <laughs> Dew. <laughs> uh, it, it explains it now. It does explain it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your first entry into the uh, fridges at a dairy when you're in normal state. But a cold some, can of Mountain Dew. It's something that sort of pulls you in if you're feeling a little bit dusty. Thank you for that fun fact, Tim. We will hold on to that uh, for the next time Beaver is dusty and deliver an ice-cold Mountain Dew for him.